Sunday, 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 right here on twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. It's the Plex, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific and on into red light. We have the worst news in the week that no one else will cover. The Plex has it all. Conspiracy, right-wing nut jobs, Christian extremism, and Madison Star Moon. Tune in every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. And let's just spell it out for you. E-C-H-O-P-L-E-X. And their fucking radio station sucks ass. I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. Welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We usually do this show on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific, and we'll be back to that schedule next week uh, permanently because I'll be in a new studio with we'll some fucking climate change. Uh, anyway, climate change, climate control. Also, there will be climate change, too. <laughs> there will be climate change. In fact, the climate will change. It's like 10 or 15 degrees cooler where I'm moving than the hottest days here in South San Jose. Anyway, I am Producer Dave. Find me on your grinder grid in the Blossom Valley area for another fucking 72 hours. And I am HK Perrin. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at hperrin at port87.social. And that's pretty much my only social account anymore. Cool. Certainly so, not on X. Oh, I'm, I, I, I've been on X before, but it isn't the same as being on X now. <laughs> it felt a lot better in the 90s. <laughs> okay, and the 2000s and the 2010s. Um. So we're going to do something a little different tonight. I like to do like, especially after the last couple things we've covered, they've been kind of like a trudge and like, sort of like kind of in the weeds. But, um, do you recognize this voice by chance HK? Go into a hotel and whack off somebody. Uh, 
No, I don't. <laughs> well, her name is Kay Griggs, and she has a story to tell. Not only does she have a she, well, she had a story to tell, and uh, she told her story <clears throat> for fucking eleven hours. Uh, okay. Wow. And On uh, the stream, video, the video title. I mean, if you could call it a stream, I mean, look at this. This is like on a... Uh, oh, this was 1998. Wow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we watched all of this uh, during Red Light over the course of like six months. But... Wow. I thought I'd take it from <laughs> the top because you think we listen to some fucking wild claims from some of the people that we cover on the Intellectual Dollar Tree. Well, you're in for it here. This is This is some weird, weird shit. Okay, I'm not sure what to uh, expect. Your name is uh, Catherine Pollard Griggs. Yes. You are the wife of Colonel George Griggs. Yes. Eleven years of marriage. Yes. It's true that your husband is uh, and has been the head of special operations under Admiral Kelso NATO. Yes. And it's true that you were the uh, head of the hospitality committee. Yes. You were the ex a member of the executive board of NATO's Wives Club. Absolutely. And uh, also that your husband's background includes uh, NATO Defense College in Rome. Yes. Princeton class of uh, 1959. Yes. His intelligence career, his spy career began in Vietnam. Yes. And uh, it's also true that it continues under this day. Absolutely under uh, General Wilhelm. And that your uh, husband was the liaison between the White House and President Jamal of Beirut, Lebanon at the time of the bombing of the Marine barracks in uh, Lebanon? Yes. And in fact, your husband was an alcoholic. Absolutely. And probably Incredible. is to this day. <laughs> she just answers all these questions the same way, but don't worry. It gets, it, it goes, it gets, it doesn't take 11 hours to get where it's going, HK. Okay. Day. Absolutely. And uh, during these drunken stupors, uh, he would so to speak, blab on and tell you everything he knew about the everything, intelligence community. Everything. Nothing was hid. No. It was like he wanted to relieve himself and unburden his heart. Yes. And so he told you everything that you now know about yes. the intelligence community yes. and that you are talking about. And in fact, he told you that they knew the bombing was coming down in yes. Beirut before it occurred. Absolutely. And right. also, uh, by your association with him, you have come to understand and know uh, this, as shocking as this may sound yeah. to the people who are viewing this, that the United States military is literally run by sexual deviants heavy on the homosexual side. Tr truly. Um. And that the... <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, it, this is good. Uh, in the United States military... As a means like of Jeffrey mind Dahl. control? Yes. Do gay people have mind... Dave... Do you have mind control? I mean, they'll they'll get into it, but the idea is more like the blackmail, which, by the way, is one word. But uh, I'm assuming, you know, he he outright said it. Uh, homosexuality is what they're talking about here, uh, as if you know, labeling it sexual deviance wasn't obvious enough. What people like this are talking about, yeah. Uh, but I don't understand what they mean by mind control. <laughs> so, like, I get that they hate gay people, but, like... I think they... I mean, more... Well, whatever. They're, they, they'll, they'll 
get into some of it. This is 10, 10 hours and 50 minutes. We're obviously not watching the whole thing. A host of other people who have a sexual deviant background, uh, primarily homosexual. These individuals are actually sought out by people within the military. The Army. For, uh, the Army for advancement into intelligence type yes, work yes. because they are so easy to control. Yes. And homosexuals are the easiest control because of la to control because of lack of ego. That was the first thing you noticed about me, right? <laughs> so wait, they're saying that homosexuals aren't the ones doing the mind control. They're the ones being mind controlled. I think it's like a, in an MLM, it's like you eventually go from being the victim to being the victimizer. If okay, so the it's the homosexuals the both doing the mind control and being mind controlled. I mean, yes, but I only know that because I we watched all fucking 10 hours and 50 minutes of this over the course of six months on uh, late at night. <laughs> I don't remember much of it, though. Some of the, some of the memories are blurry. Literally, as, yes. as outrageous as it sounds, is a mind control <laughs> And operation. let's be clear, it sounds pretty fucking outrageous. <laughs> We're only two minutes and 21 seconds into this, too. It gets better. Totally now. They've, <laughs> okay. they've gotten rid of the good folks. Like MacArthur. Got rid of them. One by one. Good. Totally take over. All right. Um, let's talk about General the MacArthur retired and was long dead who, at this uh, point. told you that we've never uh, actually been... I wonder what she means by the good folks. That, they're probably the straight ones. That's yeah. all just been a scam. Who was well, that individual? Well, my husband... Um, when we, we the first three years we were married, oh uh, gosh, it's a fucking essay on the screen right now. Straight gins, vodkas a night, a bottle of wine, and a beer machine beside his desk. Um, I only knew him two months before. By a beer machine, she probably just means a keg, right? It sounds like this guy knew how to party. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what a beer machine means. <laughs> I'm guessing like. A case of beer, a kegerator, or yeah, a a keg that's been tapped, or a, um, <laughs> maybe it's a, a secret alien technology. Or he asked me to marry him. He'd been married. <laughs> maybe it's alien beer. And his first wife was a, a total alcoholic. Now someone would ask, why would you marry a man after knowing him only two months? <laughs> I I'm a, a strong Protestant Christian, and some I, people would ask God. that, wouldn't they? Not it the seems crazy though. to marry someone after knowing them two months seems absolutely crazy oh don't worry k griggs isn't crazy hk predestination uh, scottish grandmother uh, and uh, <laughs> i was working as assistant director of the chamber of commerce i had a brand new relatively new saab my first car it was an 83 saab i bought it secondhand from somebody who's 84 and my husband was driving the two faces of george Mine bush was a turbo his was not hmm. he um rented part of my house. It was, um, I had a young doctor and his wife and two children who were renting the house. They were leaving before the end of the lease time and they put the ad in the paper and told me about all these people and I said no, 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 no. Um, and I was, um, had been engaged to someone else. You know, I, I was just renting my house out and they said that there was this man who had a dog and a mother-in-law and a son and was a widower and uh, a marine colonel. Well, I and it had a dog, and I said, no, absolutely not. So the point that I'm trying to make is that uh, he was someone I was not really, I didn't cotton to. He, he sort of acted like a robot. He was very clipped, and I didn't want to like him. 
But when I heard he was a, a Princeton graduate, I always thought that was kind of great. Um, when I heard he spoke fluent French, and I speak fluent French, when I found out that he drove a Saab, I drove a Saab. And when I, like, I found Let's get out hitched. that he went to the same <laughs> the really weird requirements for a husband. Was in the same eating club at Princeton that my Uncle Ben had gone to. He was on scholarship and uh, went to Princeton. Everything the same as my uncle, who was also in intelligence. Was he your but uncle? I didn't think about that then. I was just thinking, you know, this is God. This is uh, too much. Is she saying that she married her uncle? And no. So it okay. overwhelmed me. And he's very, very good looking. At that time, he was very good looking. Now he's aged and he's he really is haggard had a rough life yeah 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 i mean fucking he drank wow. like a half a bottle of scotch a bottle of wine and had a beer machine next to his desk and was just <laughs> knocking it back every night yeah how, how do you think i'm gonna look at 60 i mean i don't even party that hard do you even have a beer machine maybe she just means a mini fridge so i was overwhelmed by him plus my job at the chamber was very demanding i was doing a great job but um, he, he said that he, he wanted me to retire because he wanted to make general. And the man who could make him general was General Louis Buell because it was just a matter of having somebody who would make you general to be general. It wasn't what you did. Louis just happened to die and we went to his funeral. Okay, can I just and ask like a question that may be a spoiler? Um, if you're wanting, if you're... Just watch the video, please. Okay. George didn't make I have this theory that I'm working on in my head. But his first wife... You can make your guess. My guess is that her husband is not actually in the military, and this is all like a long con. Been, I'm sure, battered to death. Uh, I was battered. And, um, you know... But I thought it was just Vietnam and all this kind of thing. And I was trying to get him to stop drinking because I, I couldn't imagine how the Marine Corps would allow someone to be a total alcoholic who couldn't even carry on a normal... Ah, uh, yes, Marines famous for not drinking. Conversation yeah, there's no alcoholics in the military. He can't even carry on a normal conversation with anyone unless he's drinking. Hmm. He never smiled unless he had a... a glass in his hand he drank solidly i have a letter in his own hand that tells and this is the truth he drank solidly this amount that i just said for 30 years his booze bill and they never entertained he and spoiler his alert he's the guy who wrote that that song one bourbon one scotch and one beer was 250 dollars <laughs> a month and this is from the naval store now think about that mm -hmm. He was totally snockered, just his whole brain, and yet he's working. He is head of running the, half the world's Marine Corps under General Al Gray. A, a man who is mentally incapacitated. Totally. Unless he's inebriated, and then when he's, when he's drunk, I mean, he's in a different altered state of mind. He can't discern anything. He, he can, can follow orders. Oh, and that's all he does, and he told me when I mean, one of our many conversations, uh, try, he was trying to, he thought I was 
you know, because my family were all naval officers and I was out in the world with the chamber, you know, that I just sort of went along with this kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just incredible to me that... How many, how many wives of high-up military people are there, like yourself, that are speaking out? Uh, none. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all 30-year Marine wives. They're, they're Stepford wives. They are petrified. I have had conversations before I went public, before I went to live with Sarah McClendon, who saved my life. And Sarah I McClendon is the... The senior White House correspondent. Is she that little old lady we see on TV asking yes. the president those pointed, jabbing questions yes, all the time? the little red-headed, feisty Texan yeah. who broke the Billy Saul Estes thing. She's, she doesn't go along with the clone group of, of, of reporters mm -hmm. who are all, most of them, intelligence officers. Most of the reporters are intelligence officers. Believe me, I know my husband was in the military. ...because she was in the Army during World War II. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's a, just a remarkable mind, and I lived with her for, for five, six months. Uh, and what's interesting is she called my home after I had called her or had seen her on C-SPAN. She couldn't get through to my house. I was living there by myself. Every time she called my home, this is 1996 from uh, March until she finally got hold of me, she had to go to another phone in Maryland to get me on the phone. Every time she called me from her house, she was told, this is a military base, and the Griggses don't live here anymore. Now, I have, that was my phone number long before I met George Griggs. Mm -hmm. It's my granddaddy's farm, the, the house that I well, owned. So your phone was being diverted. Absolutely. Di or she was calling an old number, and then she found the new number. Diverted. It's electronic warfare. Mm -hmm. It's part of their deception. Uh, they have many levels, but it's all under a big operation. They uh, have an operation <coughs> now to totally ruin me. His first wife was murdered. Now, you know, some of the things you talk about here, this big operation, you've come to understand about the, the largeness of it, the intricities of yeah. it. Was that an accusation right there? Yeah, but not against anybody specific. It was just a they, right? Yeah, just the military. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Could you could you hold that diary up so we can uh, yeah. get a, get a look at that? And um, the oh, thing no, that I this found, is worse this than pointing your uh, diary. phone at the uh, uh, fucking computer like screen. Chest high. Okay. There you go. And uh, these are the actual handwritten notes of your husband. Absolutely. And they reveal an awful. In fact, the, does the military or those in the intelligence community do they realize you have a copy of this? They do now. Yeah. I had a phone conversation with General Jim Joy. How long ago was this? It was in February of 96. I tried to ask the colonels. They knew I was, I was on the uh, move trying to find information. Uh-huh. And um, okay, my like, husband had mentioned General Jim Joy. Yeah, it's hitting the microphone right there. Just oh, go ahead. sorry. Just, that's all right. All right. It's like and nobody can read I it anyway. General, I had to... <laughs> yeah call a General Miller in Jacksonville uh -huh. who was in my husband's address book uh -huh. and told him I was looking for Christmas card list and you know I, I needed General Joy's telephone number because um, you sent a Christmas card through the phone the colonels whom I trusted uh, Colonel Ken Millis lied to me 
uh, Captain uh, Phil Hallwager lied to me. Uh-huh. And um, so I, I got this General Jim Joy, who was the one who was in the Operation uh, Just Cause. Was it Just Cause, the one in Panama? Mm -hmm. He was in charge okay. of all the psychological operations, the booming music that they hit Noriega with, the chasing him around, the, well, the same stuff clothes. they did at Waco, too. Of course. We'll get to that oh, in a minute. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's General. Well, she knows all about Waco, too, I think. Behind Waco. Oh, I see. And General Carl Steiner, the snake. Okay. Who tried to steal Desert Storm away from Schwarzkopf. Okay, so, but you were trying to get uh, uh, some addresses, and they were giving you the complete runaround. Oh, don't even know him. Don't even know him. Don't even know him. And I knew him because my husband told me you know, that he worked with, with General Joy and General Steiner. They were the, the, the triumvirate. Uh -huh. But they had different names. They were, you know, in plain clothes. They were, had different passports. So I got him on the phone. I was given the number by this General Miller. And I said... So in the movies, when they say they shall disavow any knowledge, that's not just lie. a little. That's not just little thing for movies. That's the no, truth. They disavow yes. knowledge of totally all these people. Totally lie. Yeah, but you nailed him down. Yes, I said, uh, General Joy. I'm Kay Pollard Griggs. Uh, my husband George Griggs was. Um, Were they talking about uh, Mission Impossible right there? Yeah, but that, I mean, it's it's just a it's a trope in movies too. It's not just Mission Impossible. <laughs> He's battered me badly, and we're looking for him because, you know, this has been going on. I wonder if they know that the IMF is, is made up. I was up. recording this conversation, you see. I was sitting on my bed with the diary right out in front of me. And he didn't know that I had the diary. He didn't know anything. It was cold call, like they do cold murders after mm -hmm. they, when they graduate from SEAL school. Cold, cold murders. I was doing a cold telephone call. And he said, no, I don't believe, and these were his exact words, <clears throat> no, I don't believe I know your husband. This is someone my husband, I have a card that General Joy sent my husband after the, the murder, of the death of his first wife, saying, <clears throat> call Doesn't me. mean you knew him. You know, this man, here I was, traumatized, battered, beaten, and he lies to me. Mm -hmm. So I said, I said, well, General Joy, that's funny, because um, I'm looking at my husband's diary when he was in Beirut, and you're meeting with him almost every day. I said, you know, first, before that, I said, you know, he was the chief of staff for General Al Gray, you know, he's one of Gray's boys. You, you know, Chief of Staff of Fleet Marine Force Atlantic. High up military world, officials generally put secret information in their daily diary, right? I would, I would think so, yeah. You yeah. live outside of Quantico, <laughs> Obviously. Know my husband. I made it very clear. Uh-huh. No. No. Can't say as I do. So then I, I told him about the diary. And, and these are all immature adolescent males. These are men who don't know how to deal properly with adult adults. They lie. They, <laughs> with adult adults. They, they hide behind trees. But when you nailed him on the diary. Or you, he's a spy and that's his job. I realized. He said, <laughs> he said his exact words were, oh, that George Griggs. 
Uh-huh. Oh, that George Griffith. And, and that's just... Maybe he was an older man and you, like, jogged his memory. Like, this is nothing. With these people. Absolutely. And maybe he still didn't know and was like, whatever, they, lady. They would like very much to have this diary. Yeah. Uh, this one page I found particularly interesting. What you, uh, and you're probably more familiar with their husband's handwriting. Instead of me reading it, uh, read these notes that he had recorded there. Um, these might help. Okay, or, or, I've, got, I've got these. All righty. Um, a number of the Marines told me... Uh, a little bit about Dale Dorman. Um, Dale Dorman's not a ha happy camper. Okay. Dale Dorman, um, because <coughs> of some mistakes my husband made, was shot. This was at 7.15 to 7.30. Dorman exited Riviera. That was a, you know, a, a place, sort of a hiding place or whatever. Uh, gray and tan Mercedes. Um, up to five shots were fired. He raised his left arm, one, ran, one round penetrated his arm, one struck his chest, walked back into Riviera to the desk and called post one. Security vehicle went to pick him up, returned to uh, Dorafound 15 to 18 meters away and treated. Medvac called 750, Medvac um, wheels down at at 0810 in a H-Bird helicopter, Riviera Hotel, approximately one-ninth one of a mile west of the embassy. Dorman has been there uh, since arrival, except, um, you know, briefly during a period of siege. He was not wearing protection. Uh, saw three men in the vehicle. One leaned out back with a shortened rifle or automatic weapon. Sentry at B1 uh, saw and heard nothing. It's just one page of the diary. Sentry saw and heard nothing. Right. In other words, the sentry... Don't talk. Doesn't talk. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> there, there's just a whole world of these kind of assassinations uh, and murders yes. and directed... In fact, at one point... Is that what that means? It sounds like that's just an assumption. Right, and this is also from this... this we are taking her word that this is from her uh, late husband's diary, too. That's, you know what I'm saying? She could have just wrote all this shit down herself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, a lot of drinking wait, was going her on. husband is dead? Yeah. Oh. At this point, yeah, I believe her husband had died. She actually doesn't okay. really talk too terribly much. She, she refers to him in the past tense the whole time. Okay. Oh, we had. We I thought had, she was talking about how he doesn't look very good today. Discussion I guess if he's dead, yeah, he, he already had his <laughs> probably really doesn't gins. look very good. Uh, now, he'll talk to any woman or anybody who drinks with him, he'll talk. This man, what is he doing in security? You, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. at, when he was at NATO, I'll get right back to that, but when he was at NATO and he was the head of special operations, in fact, I've got copies of his secret uh, check-in-and-out papers at NATO. He had them at home. I somehow, you know, I hope, hope I still have those. But anyway, the point is, um, I could get in and out of the NATO headquarters just walking in, and there were all these shady-looking garbage men, and George would leave his office door wide open at lunchtime. He was flirting with a secretary who was a, a chief <coughs> who knew everything. You know, the point is, what lacks security? And I had to say, George, look, um, you have got to do something about the security here at NATO because... 
she showed up at NATO and like was like, I've, I've identified all the exits. I see all the cameras. I've broken through your security <laughs> system. She's fucking Michael Weston from Burn Notice and shit. She's like, I got into your office. Um, if he did in fact work for NATO, he he might not have been at a secure facility. He might have just been in an office building. <laughs> She's coming in there like these are the ingress and egress points that need to be secured. <laughs> and he's like, we don't we don't do anything here that would need that. <laughs> and also, let's say he was an intelligence operative. Maybe maybe he got drunk and fucking told a bunch of tall tales to people. Because that's what I'd do if I was an intelligence operative. But I'd be like, but what if instead of my actual job, what if you just sent me out to get drunk where the other spies were and I just got wasted and lied to them? <laughs> yeah. I can walk in. and Maybe the government thought she was a spy. It's also, she's like, I can walk in and out. But what if they knew, like, if they know, if it's just a regular off, if it's not a secure facility and that's his wife, they're like, hi, Kay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, she can walk in and out because she's welcome. I'm a very demonstrative person when it comes to security and honor and integrity and your word is your bond. My culture, my father, my people believe in, you know, in this nation, in, in, in my state, Virginia, my people, my culture, my God. You know, this is, mm -hmm. this is important. You don't just treat uh, that kind of thing lightly. So I said to him, if you don't do something, I'm going to Landis Kelso. I was in the wives club. She was the, the head. And Landis Kelso is the, the wife, wife of, of the... of Admiral Frank Kelso, who's a wonderful man. Honorable man. Wonderful woman. So she's going to go to the, like another military wife and go, did you know I could just walk into my husband's office? And the other lady would go, okay. <laughs> do you not want that ability? And I had, a, I had great rapport with her. I sort of stopped an international incident. Oh, you, you, you did. The English and the British who were ganging up against the French and they were over, you know, something that was really minor, but it was huge. And she helped me. I, I determined that it was a problem, called her up, and she helped me and we, we diverted and averted a major thing. So I, he knew what I would do and I said, look, if you don't write a report and do something about this, and I'm just going to go to Landis and say what's happening. He's like, hey, don't let my wife in here anymore. She thinks she's a security expert now. <laughs> <laughs> Point is that the man would, when he was in Beirut. Oh my God, I can log on to my computer and all I need is my password. What the fuck? Goes to lab, whose husband was a double agent, an Arab at the American University of Beirut. He leaves his his briefcase wide open. He was with her for five weeks in a hotel. This is a married woman with two children and who followed him all around the United States, is still seeing him, met him in London, lived in Virginia Beach, was working in international... Oh, Madison Starmoon's mom. Would you while say, he was married. Would you say your husband is fairly typical of these powerful oh, men? Oh, absolutely typical. Um, when, when I was single, uh, working at the Virginia Center for World Trade, um, four of us old friends that I went to school with, Molly Holt and you know a few others, we would go all together to a place called Poppy's. Um, at that time, he was Captain Jerry Unruh. Now he's Admiral Three Stars Jerry Unruh. 
This man, again, was married. He was running around with, with, the, with the tail hook crowd. I, I did not know he was married. I knew he was a, a Navy captain. I was told by him that he would be uh, taking command of the carrier Saratoga. Mm -hmm. um, he followed me everywhere, even, even went to, up to uh, Wintergreen. Now, he sent me pictures, private, separate pictures of the Israeli guys waving to him. Hmm? He was a, uh, a tailhook pilot, you know, these, the airplanes and mm -hmm. the jets. And he was a Mustang, um, but totally immoral totally and knew that he would never get caught in fact he was in tail hook they had a big uh, party down at the beach and um, they were doing I mean I didn't go uh, by that time because I I, I wasn't invited was married and um, <laughs> the the point is that um, he Our regular listeners he, to the podcast are probably like what the fuck this whole group I've I've found out about Al Gray, you know. Oh, General Al Gray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, what is this, uh, this? Wait, what was the point of the part about them having a party at the beach? She doesn't know anything about it. She didn't go. They just had one. They just had one? That was her point? I think so. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I mean I'm paying attention, but that doesn't mean I'm able to follow the, the, the stories <laughs> as they're being told, right? <laughs> A little disconnected. <laughs> Is she just like trailing off her stories? The thread of the sexual degeneracy and the homosexuality and just the raw base nature that seems to be so prevalent. Have you ever determined what it is? I mean, why? Well, it's, it's a way to handle them, <clears throat> to control them. I mean, years ago, you thought of people like General Eisenhower as, as an upright man. Uh, I don't know. Well, oh, I, I don't. I, I know some things about him. How far I, back can we go to, to where you find people that are decent, moral, and upright? Right. Where you had real people who defended the Constitution, who had a feeling. Robert E. Lee was. <laughs> national, Whoa. Know, nationalists and, and America first. You got to go back a good ways, probably. Oh, oh, a absolutely. Um, you see, growing up in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, my whole family have been naval officers. And also working, in other words, um, they would, would enter the, the service uh, during a time of, of war, of need, and uh, then they go back. So Robert E. Lee died in 1870, and she's like, she was implying that he was the last person who, or, uh, who cared about the country or was one I, of the good I, ones i yeah. guess is what she meant yeah yeah but he actually got his ass kicked by the good old us of a if i if i read history correctly. <laughs> yes yeah he, he was a traitor to the country <laughs> uh, but she's saying there's no one that's been in the military since 1870 and this is this was this came out in 1996 right so it was over a hundred years later yeah i mean i'm not sure she said that but she certainly picked an odd example you know what i'm saying of one of the good ones she picked a very specific example, and I think she knew what she was doing. Being husbands, I had a wonderful father, wonderful grandparents, wonderful family, who put their family first. Well, they put their God first, Christ, and then their wives. 
and their sons and their, their children. This, this is the way America was, was built. Now, these generals in the Marine is Corps it? and Army... I thought it was specifically not the way America was built, to put God first. In fact, the First Amendment says that it's not the way. America was, was built. Now, these generals in the Marine Corps and Army, they don't look at it that way, according to my husband. A court, they, are, they are ordered, my husband being chief of staff, told his men it was like this. It's the Marine Corps first, the Brotherhood, the, the, the Cherry Marine, you know, the bonding that goes on. Mm -hmm. The Marine Corps comes before God, before Jesus Christ, before the country, and then, and then it's the, uh, it's whatever the, you know, the, the religion they have. I don't know, because my husband is not a Christian. He's an existentialist. Um, <laughs> and most of these guys are. What is an existentialist? Well, it's not a Christian. I'm not going uh, to, I don't think that, that's not important to the story, HK, I promise. Al Gray is. Okay. <laughs> um, Krulak. I, I think his wife goes to church, but, um. But their, 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 their God is this brotherhood. The brotherhood. And it's very German. It's very... Um, Does it have Masonic leanings? Oh, absolutely Masonic leanings. In fact, the, the, the uh, admiral who was the last admiral whose car my husband bought, he was very impressed with this Norwegian admiral. Mm. They're all Masons now. Mm-hmm. Not all Masons, but this brotherhood, Opus Dei... Uh, if they're, um, or the mob. I mean, the, the one thing I've been able to determine about the, the current Marine Corps, the Marine Corps that my husband came in with, Gray, Reap, uh, Sheehan, they're all mob. No, you see mob. They're all the mob? Mafia. They're all mob? Mafia, right. Yeah, they're mobbed up. They're also, in the, they're also with Freemasons and, um, don't, but wait, HK, there's more. Right. And there's a... Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New Jersey. Okay, is the mob and this, this military bunch, they're this one the, the, the same? The Marine Corps guys are the hitmen. And they, they are mercenaries. They'll work for anybody. You think the Marine Corps is under the Navy? No way. They can the Marine Corps is mercenary, hitmen, mobsters... That work for anybody. That's right. Colonel, okay. And if the Army Colonel meets a Marine Corps Colonel, the Army Colonel is superior. They'll switch hats just like that. He's on top, you might say. My husband said it's just, you know, no big a deal. Uh, I'll go work for the State Department. I don't really. The Marine Corps is just a, it's like a, a smoke and mirrors thing. And they're run out of New Orleans. Fourth Marine, Oswald. I mean, they are not, on his level, he said, we've never been an enemy of the Soviet Union. They work with these communists. The, the man who started the whole, this whole intelligence operation, the OSS, he was recruiting known communists who were involved in the... Uh, okay, so they're communists, the, too. Uh, Spanish, subverting Spain. You know, Should I be writing this down? I, will this be on the test? <laughs> you would... Uh, 
you'd end up with a notebook like the one that she supposedly supposedly photocopied of her husband if you started writing <laughs> shit down. <laughs> you might have to actually just use newspaper clippings to take the letters out of it and turn it into a fucking ransom letter. No more. <laughs> they're not Americans. They're not Christians. They're, they're uh, German existentialists. Now, what are they doing running our nation? I just, uh, it's, it's kind of, they have more affinity for the, the state of Israel right now than they do our nation. Okay, so the Marine Corps is running the country? Is that what she's saying? Yes. Okay. Via Opus Dei and the, the mob. Okay. But I'm telling you, this isn't even the craziest part. I promise. <laughs> American citizens. Um, the judges now in the courts are, are military officers following chain of command orders. They're not independent judges. So, okay, so the Marines run the courts, too. Like the, uh, judgeships. Sure. Uh, okay. They're all Marines. Senators, all officers, congressmen. Sure. Who is John Warner? A Marine. Who is Chuck Robb? A Marine. They control the powerful committees. Dick Davis, Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. That's a great a name. Marine. His wife was, I hate to say it, well, everybody knows, a Norfolk a prostitute. You know, Martha was a wonderful woman, I'm sure, to him, but they were involved in organized crime. Uh, now, I don't know. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with someone being a prostitute, but. I'm not cool with someone being in the mob. Does she have proof of that? These people are probably all dead, right? Army officer. Okay. He takes orders. Uh, so the question that all of us wives are asking now is, well, who gives the orders? If they're told that we, the wives, are enemies, uh, how are the who sons going to grow up? If the mothers who are teaching them truth are lied to and the husbands are told, ordered by the likes of Al Gray, major homosexual, when he was in, in the, I shouldn't say this, but it's true, when he was in, in, the, uh, in Marseille, uh, the boys are called Gray's boys. He never married. Okay, the boys referring to everybody Lavender under boys. him. Everybody under Al Gray. And he had a separate organization while he was commandant that was a contract organization. Ma she Get said major homosexual. That's a, that's a new rank in the uh, Marines, actually. Okay. Like a major general. On people. Yeah, like you start out as a private homosexual and then you work your way eventually up. become a major homosexual. That, that's definitely correct. Okay. Corrupting them. Now you're catching on. People. So that he would have something. <laughs> Is there a captain homosexual? So that they would use. All the captains are homosexuals. That later <laughs> to control and manipulate them. It's like what happened to Newt Gingrich. All of these guys like Newt. That Gingrich, sounds like a superhero. I would totally read that comic. Captain, captain hom homosexual. Who've gone through the sweats <laughs> like Cohen. What, what happens is they get a little tiny thing that, to prove their power, how much power they have. They use guys like Michael Isakoff in Newsweek or their little clones, you know, like Woodward, 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 Woodward and um, Bernstein, who are, mm -hmm. are operatives. Okay, they're former military, too. They're, 
Well, oh my goodness. They were, uh, I believe it was Bob Wood Woodward. Uh, it's either Woodward or the other one. Bernstein. See, I knew some British intelligence people. And Captain Homosexual's arch nemesis would be named Dr. Hetero. Ambassador <laughs> to Great Britain. And this man was sleeping with Peter Jay's wife. And there was a movie, uh, I think Jack Nicholson was this guy. And she, this was her story about what she went through while her husband, the, the columnist, was sleeping. Actually, I think his name would be Ron DeSantis. To get information on what was going on in Great Britain. Now, this is, this is the team that, that broke Watergate. So what were the motives? Uh, of course, Watergate was horrible. And Nixon had something like 60 military JAGs alone working for him, doing dirty tricks. One of those JAGs was Ernest Frank Reynolds. Changed his name to Ern Reynolds. He came to me. I was farmed. Tim Hunter. I mean, that just sounds like a nickname. Yeah, yeah, that's, that probably is. came to me with this story okay. about, oh, you know, hard luck, you know, Saudi Arabia, and I was in the Army, and I have this friend who can help you out with your legal case. He's a really good guy, you know, Ern Reynolds. And uh, if you meet you know him, that I know he'll do Robert Best you, changed so his name to Bob Best. I, I didn't have Why are you trying to hide, wife, Robert? But I took the little, you know, the... The, the train into uh, where he, Fairfax, he met me in his Volvo station wagon with his jacket on. I didn't know what the big four meant on his leather jacket. And uh, he took me to his... Uh, and what did it mean? Fourth Marine. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Operative. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he had the most fantastic... Uh, what does that mean? See, I'm a big book person, and I, I love, you know, reading history and everything, and I'm impressed by... She likes history so much, she's inventing it. ...read, who are intelligent, <laughs> who are wise. Yeah, you have a master's yourself in... Scottish history, Scottish. an undergraduate in uh, Virginia history. Okay. I, um, I worked on the Dunmore Papers. I uh, studied with people like um, Ian Cowan and Jeffrey Barrow and Tom Devine. These are scholars in Great Britain who are experts on the Reformation. And, and my interest was Mary Queen of Scots at the uh, Reformation and also Lord Dunmore, who was the last royal governor of Virginia, and I was working on the Dunmore Papers, too. I see. So, so you had an interest in, I mean, this guy's layout impressed you. Yeah. He's yeah. a real intellectual. Yeah, and he was divorced, you know, uh, a, sor a sad story and everything. Mm -hmm. Worked for the Justice Department. Mm -hmm. was supposedly a whistleblower, mm -hmm. supposedly a Christian. So this guy's really going to help you out? Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, did I buy into that. <laughs> it's like uh, she got scammed by a lawyer. Help you. Oh, yeah. So I caught him sneaking around my house at 2 o'clock one morning. <laughs> 2 in the morning? Yeah. And, of course, I'm most gullible in school, you know. So I, and I'm trusting I'm a Christian, and I always look to the good side of somebody. I see the good little part. It took me about three times. The guy had my original God. documents that had just been... She got scammed three, three times by the same guy? Well, she said that he, she caught him in his house three times, HK. She caught him in her house three times. 
I mean, the I know. first time should be the giveaway. I mean, I know why he was there. He invites me to a cybernetics conference in, in Champaign, Illinois. I leave Martha Roundtree's apartment, and it's arranged so that all of my things are in his safe little car, and we're going to his parents' house in Roanoke. And of course, you know, you can't take all your things to the cybernetics conference, because I was going home. Mm -hmm. But this is a smooth psychological operations guy. I mean, he is doing psychological operations on a woman in Champaign, Illinois, who is the lover of a, of a German spy. Uh, who By psychological operations, does she mean mind control? <clears throat> it could mean anything. I, I don't know the specifics of the thing that either did or did not happen or didn't happen the way that she's describing it. <clears throat> okay. I think maybe he was just their lawyer. He's, he's showing me these letters. The guy's perverted. I mean, he's writing Susan Parenti these letters, you know, like invading her mind and, you know, why are you... And Susan's written him two letters or three letters. She's very beautiful and he's got pictures. But he's sharing these letters with a group of men, seven men, one of whom is head of intelligence, is head of computers and the intelligence for the army, Ron Jarmuth. Now, Ron Jarmuth comes right out and says, I'm an anarchist. You know, I mean, his family are at New York, old uh, Zionist Jews. He, he met his wife in, I think, a, in a uh, kibbutz. You know, I mean, he's a nice, personable guy, but when you say to, to somebody like me, I'm an anarchist, just so blithely, and you, you know, and, and he's always over at Ern's house, and Ern's got a picture by his bedstead drawn by a man who's a known homosexual whom he met when he was at the University of Virginia, who was the chaplain at Hollins College, who my best friend was there. And she said, he's a well-known homosexual. And I'm thinking, what is a picture of Ern Reynolds doing being painted when he's young by this known homosexual? And then I find out that the man who enlisted him in the Republican Party, he was doing dirty tricks for seven years for the Republican National Committee. I mean, dirty tricks. As a, underneath this man from West Virginia who was a homosexual and left all of his money to earn son and took his son on a trip. Now, uh, and Earn is, is She a, says a known homosexual as if she's saying like a known burglar. Right, but I mean, like the thing she's talking about happened like prior to this too, and this is like in the the nineties. So there weren't a lot of out people, especially not in the military. I don't think. So this is this is and not these are Republican operatives too. Not a lot of out people in the Republican Party at this point. That's for sure. Her her stories are you know she could go a little easy on the homophobia though. She could. I, uh, he's but just, I doubt know, she has the incentive to. In the, uh, Episcopal Church, he's, he's got... Might make her look reasonable. ...that he meets with at the seminary. He's, he's... I'm sure that my case, my profile, he's probably got charge of it now. He's the expert on Catherine Pollard Griggs, but he's not. 
the guy is absolutely not grown up. But he's a thief. Uh, and so he your, your case, dad. your case, just got stonewalled, just got sucked into a memory hole by a guy who was acting under orders to sure. You get you get Kathleen Griggs under your control, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's that sabotager. Sabotage. Yeah. Sure. And he stole your documents. Sure. And sure. Sabotage me. Turned on me right in the middle of the commissioner's hearing. Hmm. Laughed at me when I cried. You know, this is a guy who hates women. And uh, it's women or hates the you. Thing is, I went to his family home, and he had yeah, because last time I checked, uh, the only person who uh, was every woman was Whitney Houston. <laughs> um, and he told me that his father battered his mother. Uh, his father was in the Marine Corps. And there was a picture of Chesty Puller in the basement. Well, that fits the profile, though, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, if his father battered the mother, mm -hmm. which he grew up in this dysfunctional environment. Totally dysfunctional. So when he hit the military or he was noticed... Did she just do gummies? Or or Maybe. Uh, so here's a guy. A little bit of coke in the gums. Mind control. Sure, he's, he's to got. To be developed. Yeah. I think he used the term for budding. He, he was recognized as a potential bud. Yes. And he's moving up the ranks. His roommate was from New York, was a Zionist. Uh, and he was an outcast at the University of Virginia. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a great <laughs> little uh, chiron at the bottom. <laughs> Why would he be enough? He felt he <laughs> says homosexuals are seen as so the easiest reason. mind control su subjects. And I don't know this man who was uh, the homosexual from West Virginia, uh -huh. and we had to go by through his town, and you know the guy died. But uh, this homosexual was a friend of the homosexual at Hollins, who was a chaplain there at Hollins College, whom I met. We had lunch with him one day. Um, the father had the picture of Chesty Puller and so forth. Well, Ern, um, I knew he was, was um, trying to sabotage me and so forth because I had already had Alexander Robinson come down from Princeton every other weekend, my husband's teacher, um, who was also a Marine, whose family brought over the Saudi royals, who was one of my husband's teachers, and um, I caught him walking around my house at 2 o'clock in the morning. I overheard him talking to my best friend. A lot of people walking around her house at 2 o'clock in the morning. Just, you know, Gee, why do you think this... Never mind. Undercutting me. All these, men walk, all these men walking around her house at 2 o'clock so in the morning. Is just under so <laughs> Were they putting on their stress, shoes? You know, oh. And he's a very <laughs> handsome, very dignified guy, you know. Went to Columbia University, was uh, in um, Algeria, that area, with the Marine Corps. Then went into the boys' school, the Hun school. Um, he's an intelligence, without a doubt. His uh, brother-in-law was uh, Bill Eddy, Colonel Bill Eddy, who was the, I, I believe it's the brother-in-law, I've got to get... It, his name There's is a full transcript of this 11-hour conversation. Eddie and uh, it's Bill. Imagine being the one who had to make the transcript. As the translator. Oh 
um, for the Saudi royals during the Roosevelt administration. And the Roosevelt, the, the New York crowd, was trying to steal all of those countries away from Great Britain. The Balfour Declaration had sort of come in and there was a guy named Moose, not the present Moose, who has the Africa desk at the State Department, who's an African-American, but this was a guy named Moose who uh, helped the State Department steal Saudi Arabia away from Britain. Because Britain was allowing the Saudis to be Saudis, you know, to keep their religion, mm -hmm. to keep their culture. Right. They were not trying to kill people right off the bat, you know. So George is, is part of that OSS crowd. And <clears throat> their stock and trade is just murder, assassination. Absolutely. Uh, creating uh, conflicts, phony yeah. baloney wars, yes. conflicts. Yes. For the purpose of uh, making Selling weapons, money. Money, drugs, drugs, controlling the drug flow. Now, let's, let's talk about the drug Now, they're drug dealers, the too. States. Yeah. Uh, based on your conversations with your husband. Mm -hmm. uh, I met drug lords through him. <laughs> such as? I met the head guy. See, George was telling me everything. First three years of marriage, it was just like, you know, you're with me, gal, because he was so used to talking to Mary Halab and Anne Bouchou. Yeah. You know, the group partnerships with sex and all this stuff. And, and you know, I, I'm a pretty loving woman, and I'm fun. I was then. I was. But I was you're not into swinging. No, I'm not into and swinging. And swapping husbands and no, wives. No, and George was into swinging. He and Sue and, and Nancy and Jim Earl, you know. I mean, Wait, which one is her I husband? George. Okay. Colonels. Mm -hmm. And one name. Uh, <laughs> but then your husband also would tell you that this is just life the way it is. Oh, yeah. In our crowd. Oh, yeah. Uh, all it. these generals, admirals, colonels, oh, yeah. all these people. Yeah. Uh, Men, too. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but he was. I'm pretty sure uh, her husband didn't like having sex with her. Um, I'm trying to I think I've pieced that together. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know why. That I was going to say, and I remember... Um, do you think it might have anything to do with her finding strange men in the house at two in the morning? Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I can't uh, remember. Always talking about the... Actually, even crazier men known to her. Uh, yep. They're into making... Uh, and all of, the, uh, all of the drinking makes a whole lot of sense now. Oh, yeah. You know, the beer machine. My, my people are a, a drinking people. All these drug uh, I, too, would oh, own yeah. a beer machine if I had to be married to her uh, and, and hide who I was. Or just without the second part. Even. Oh, yeah. Yeah, either, either way. <laughs> Fahim, um, As if they were just business partners. Oh, yeah. Well, he told me what they did. Mm -hmm. He, you know... Fahim was a colonel. He's, he's in the diary, too. Um, but they, George said they, what they do is they nurture, they cultivate the, the sons of prominent families in all, the State Department finds them. Mm -hmm. They're called rising stars. Yeah. And Cultivate they, with mind control tactics to mold uh, young boys' boy, personalities boy. to turn them into very corrupt adults. 
Yeah, the, the chirons on the bottom of this, a lot of them are kind of bigoted, but then some of them are just like, what? Like, why is this so crazy? I mean, I understand that this is bigoted, but also it's just totally fucking nuts. They turn them, they, um, they, they bring them in, they, they rope them in. If they're alcoholics, give them more booze than anybody. If they want women, you know, they find the women. They turn them and, uh, and then let them know if, you know, if they ever get in any trouble, come on over here. We'll take care of you. Well, Fahim had come on over here. Things were getting hot in Beirut. He was a Catholic. He was a um, very prominent family. And he was going in hiding up in Maine. I remember I had his number uh, and I, I talked to his sister. But they, they just called a lot of the stuff out of the house. Um, the, the very first time when George kind of disappeared and, you know, uh, and then I found out about what happened with Sue, hmm. his first wife, yeah. and, and all of that. Well, now, did they, um, <coughs> did you come to learn how drugs actually come into the country? Yeah. Uh, I saw a, a news piece one time where a yeah. pilot who was in prison uh, alleged that they actually landed on military bases with oh. huge planes loaded oh. with dope. Th this is how they, they all brought them in. The Norwegians, the, the Brits. Um, the, the drugs, you see, they would come down through uh, Burma, Turkey. They, they'd come through the Bekaa Valley. The banks were in, in Beirut. Uh, they were in uh, Panama, Mexico. In... Uh, St. Thomas after, you know, the laundering of cash. You see, mm -hmm. cash, that's why some of the banks in New York, you can very easily find out who the drug lords are. Barry McCaffrey, I saw him two weeks ago, and he said something, he let it slip out. He's an army general, you know. He said, We're, we haven't done any more or any less in the last five years. Now, <laughs> in terms of the war on drugs. Yeah, no, they're just holding it. The word he used, I think, was holding it. It was a word that he, you could tell they'd used in briefings. In, they were, the, war, the, the guys who were doing the drugs are military officers. In fact... Doing the drugs meaning controlling, controlling them. the flow. Oh, yeah. In fact... Probably also doing them. best friends, Colonel Ray Moore. I suspect that Ray Moore... Ray Moore was from the gang the ghetto area in California. The ghetto. His wife is a very, was a very good friend of mine, Charlotte. She's dead? No, he is. Oh, he is. But he, when George would sort of disappear. Your husband? Yeah. All of a sudden, they would appear and be in the house. Hmm? You know, calm me down, take me over, exercise, you know, do all this mystical stuff mystical stuff like and exercise? it was really funny because they came back from Mexico and it was George just happened to disappear and they were right there you know well Ray Moore so were they like running cover for George stuff I knew about I, I think so okay his background <laughs> and I started thinking what's going on in Mexico why the heck is Ray going down to Lake Chapala and he would talk about his day his day would be going out with the men playing golf going to this uh, spa with the men, you know. They were doing deals, going to Guadalajara. 
And there would be Tom Reap, another former chief of staff for Gray, going to Mexico. There would be uh, Ken Millis, another temporary chief of staff when, when George's wife's funeral took place. There was, there was uh, Ken Millis. Um, now these are, these are guys who are part of what we call the Brotherhood. Uh, and they're all going down to Mexico. So what, what's going on in Mexico? Ray's one of these guys who wants to sit and go sit in the sun. He doesn't want to go down there to Mexico and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But he did. And he got Mexico cancer. famous for not having sun. And another guy <laughs> got cancer all of a sudden, right after he got out of the Marine Corps. No, not to, uh, not to diverge uh, from what we're talking about right now, but um, did your husband ever tell you anything about any disease warfare, like giving people mm -hmm. sicknesses? And, yeah, and, um, yeah, that's part of They call it, he called it uh, ABC, NBC, was something like nuclear, biological, chemical, um, ABC, atomic, biological, chemical. Uh, they call it biologicals. Uh, and in fact, his, I'm not going to mention. <laughs> Disease causing drugs, chemicals used to slowly kill off those who are against the brotherhood. That's fucking crazy. <clears throat> They're talking about like weapons. They're not disease-causing chemicals that are used to kill off people who are against the brotherhood. Excuse me, but that's the word. This guy is petrified because because he's doing that work. The the chemical and biological work. The marine. You mean the laboratory work or the uh, implementation? Dealing. Subterfuge, deception in okay. the Middle East. Okay, and they use uh, he's a Marine Corps disease-causing drugs. Absolutely. Uh, and then, how do they administrate them? With in in missiles and in. Uh, <laughs> if you're against this, this, this brotherhood, this I guess they shoot a missile at you. In missiles. Like Marine Corps guy. Somebody in chat just said ABC always be chemical and clothes at one of the <laughs> plants in Florida. So hold on, she thinks George they're using missiles to distribute chemicals to kill off the enemies of the brotherhood and the brotherhood is just this like gang of people in the military i would call them maybe an orgy of people in the military <laughs> <laughs> who they control the drugs and they go down to mexico right and then they shoot chemical missiles <laughs> They're all down in Florida. Am I following this correctly? Well, I feel like there is no way to follow this correctly. You are following the. You're 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 doing pretty good. <laughs> okay. All this stuff is is being. We manufactured the chemicals and biologicals that were in Iraq. Now, Everybody if you don't that. believe me, you don't believe Peter Kawaja, a Marine Corps colonel, who's he says they killed his wife. I believe him. He worked in one of these factories. It was supposedly a candy factory where they were manufacturing deadly, deadly killer things. The Marine Corps, Al Gray, Krulak, Carl Mundy. He's in the CFR. This may look like a gobstopper, but actually staff. it's a heart stopper. Chief of Staff, the one who controlled me. You know, I went to his mother's house in Seven Mile, Ohio. Flo, his father was a German Nazi. I'm not saying that 
you know, being a German Nazi is bad, but... What? what? He's part of this group. I, I, I'll um, go ahead and say that being a German Nazi was bad. Yeah, being a German Nazi is... I mean, being a Nazi at all is bad. German or otherwise. <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't want to pass any... I don't want you to think I'm passing judgment. This is just descriptive. <laughs> My God. And... Oh, boy. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe Peter Kawaja about the, the drugs, you can, I mean, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's... Willy Wonka and the Missile knows. Factory. <laughs> There's a guy named Randy Abear, Lieutenant Colonel, hero, American patriot. This is a guy who should be the Commandant of the Marine Corps, Krulak. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to Al Gray, I'm talking to you, Carl Mundy. You all are adolescent, immature, I call you twerps. You're liars, you cheat, you steal, you kill, you're beneath the contempt of any of your wives. They are scared to death. Why do you do this to your wives, guys? Look at that tape of Randy A. Bear. I knew Chesty Puller, and this is a strong, wonderful guy. I knew his wife, Virginia Mack. I knew a real Marine. You can't say that you knew them because you didn't. I did. Randy A. Bear stood, sat. He could hardly talk. He was leading a platoon into Iraq. His wife was sitting... So when she's talking about these other, like, Marine people and other Marine wives, were these also, like, secretly gay men? And the wives of those men? Not <clears throat> these. Yes. Um, these men might, may have been her husband's harem. Okay. Father was sitting to his right. And he said that his, his colonel, he's a lieutenant colonel at that time. I believe he was a lieutenant colonel. He said, my colonel ordered me. He said, our, all of our registers were saying, this is danger. There are chemicals, biologicals everywhere. I was told, and I was, you know, followed orders, and he was having a hard time talking. His wife was, this is a young guy. His wife was having to interpret for him. Mm. He was crying. He'd been turned on by you guys. He said, He'd been turned on? On those <laughs> canisters, on those boxes were American. American. Chemical weapons given to Saddam Hussein were made in Those USA. American. Uh, that's exactly what it says. Chemical weapons. We were walking into that killed me. That you, Gray, and you. Did this air on TV? Absolutely you, not. McFarland. Okay. What do you think this was just a mini series, like a like after school special? I mean, what do you? I mean, earlier one of the Chirons or. Is that what they're called? The little blurbs at the bottom? Sure. It said like on this channel and I'm, I'm just wondering like, was this a TV channel or did they mean channel as in like, you know, order our VHS tapes because we're a channel. What if this was posted to YouTube? Not in 1996. Well, the video could be, you could record a video in the 90s and then post it to YouTube later. Well, I mean, where did it originally air? I don't think it did. Okay. And you guys 
knew you, Ed Wilson, best friend of my husband. You all mm. sold to Saddam Hussein. And not only that, I talked to the man who trained the woman. Best friend or from Iraq best friend? To learn how to build the biologicals and chemicals, the, the, the plants. She was trained here in the United States, and you all know that. And Randy A. Bear's testimony says everything that I could say a million times better because this is a man who's a real man, unlike the generals, <laughs> unlike the colonels. <laughs> this is a real hero. Now, is Randy A. Bear, is he still alive? I don't know, and I hope and I pray to God that he is. Because this is the man who should take over our Marine Corps, or his wife. What are your so qualifications for taking over the Marine Corps? I'm married to someone in the Marine Corps. Or his wife. Special operations. Take over the Marine Corps that's or his that's wife. That's why they don't have any, any African Americans. They're too honest. That's how I understood They're that sentence. Christian. <laughs> now, the only uh, guy I know who is, um, who is involved is, is a homosexual. Who, and his buddy is, a, is an Israeli agent. Hmm. And they are lovers. They're a pair. A couple. But well, now, as he's the... He's now a colonel, and he is under the guidance of Ken Millis. Okay, now, as these, these generals, over the period of years... They are lovers, they're a pair. To where they're all part of this... Not a couple, a pair. <laughs> yeah, like... What a weird way to put that. Club. <laughs> I mean, this is something that's been going on for years and years and years. Members of the firm. Okay, the so as the firm grows, mm -hmm. even as the, guy, the old guys, the grayheads, get old, die off, retire, whatever, they already set in motion a system that, that culls out these young, budding, rising yes. stars, and they move their way yeah. up. Yeah. Well, then, in time, it consolidates to where no one, no one. is in this, unless they're in the club. Absolutely. So, is, it, is your conclusion, based on what you know from your husband's revelations, reading his diaries, mm -hmm. this sort of thing, mm -hmm. is there anybody in the U.S. military, the Army and Marines, anybody in, the, in the, the level of, you know, your generals and your, your colonels, and the, is there anybody who would not be in this club? There's nobody who doesn't know. In special operations, I would say and I would, I would put money in the bank on this. Not one of them is not a party to this. It's not a, once they get that bird, Colonel, that bird, they go through an initiation <coughs> ceremony. This is not a, and my husband told me about that too. What's, the, what's the initiation ceremony like? They get them drunk. Uh-huh. Dining in, shell back. Uh, he, he told me, Oh, dining it's, in. This is a term that they use. Oh, yeah. A code yeah. word. Oh, yeah. Shellback. Yeah. Shellback. They, uh... Uh, they should, should we read this, this blurb at the bottom? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and for the people on the podcast, if anybody's still listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it says, similar to initiates of Yale Skull and Bones, parenthesis, death cult, end parenthesis, drunk, comma, put into coffin, in all caps, and sexual acts performed. I mean, <clears throat> like, let your freak flag fly. It's fine. But but they get them like, really Like, this is, this is absolutely just like, 
like a sex club. The, the guys who are that way do it. It's a group situation thing. And I was told by two colonels. Dining in and shellback, code names for satanic ritual-based sex practices. It's normal, Kay. Um, this is just what we do in battle, you know. This is just good old boys. This is just what we do, Kay. They get drunk and they They have... get drunk and they ejaculate. They beat each other off. You know, it's, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what happens <laughs> it's now, perfectly normal it's just what happens <laughs> you get drunk and they beat each other up uh, i'm not god and i'm not going to judge them and their souls um oh she is totally judging that she is judging them so hard right now she's judging everyone they've ever met even if she doesn't know their name right now <laughs> The judgment oozing out of this woman's skin is so thick you could cut it with a knife. I mean, later on in this video, she does say, Go into a hotel and whack off somebody. System. <laughs> uh -huh. And when you've got the commandant well known as a cherry marine. Cherry marine. Cherry marine. Which means? It cherry says cherry. It says cherry marine in red on the bottom of the screen now. <laughs> bottom. They're the bottom. The Navy guys are on the top. No, the cherry goes on top. Everyone knows that. This, because Walter Chrysler in Norfolk, they, each port has a hierarchy. Uh-huh. Wealthy at the top. Walter Chrysler and Phil Hornthal. Everybody in Norfolk knows. And the homosexual community, one's called the bottom, the other's called the top. I was engaged to Jack Mace when I was at the Virginia Center for World Trade. He ran the Maritime Association, the Shipping Association. Always dealt with the labor union guys. Always all male banquets. All, and I, I, I couldn't understand why, you know, I was engaged and I couldn't even go to the thousand man banquet. You know, well, well because that would have been a thousand man and one woman. They would have to change <laughs> the name of the banquet. In fact, if somebody calls in sick, they just call the whole thing off. <laughs> we can't have a 999 man banquet. <laughs> Who's going to eat the last piece of rubbery chicken? Big argument about that. Ah. Uh, Rock Hudson. Where did he meet his guy? Navy. Jim Neighbors. Navy. All of these guys. Navy. So they're tapped for whatever it is, acting, singing, you know. The point is, Liberace, you know. Was um, he Navy? I, I believe he was. Was Liberace I, I in the Navy? That, um, he was, uh, someone told me that he was a friend of one of the guys in Norfolk. There was a ring, a VMI ring of men um, in Norfolk. And I knew they met once a month. And some of them were married, some of them weren't. But they were all Navy. They were Army, Navy. In other words, it was kind of a group of men in Norfolk. And then I found out that the organizations like um, right now, the uh, Al-Anon is run by homosexual. The um, uh, Better Business Bureau. The Community Fund, which is the, uh, I forget what it's called now. I'm, I'm so old, I'm 55, it used to be called the Community Fund. That guy. They're, uh, Jack Mace, you know. And I'm, I'm wondering which one isn't, you know. <laughs> I mean, they all are, and the guys know it. So what's going on here? 
you know, uh, they sex. know it. They oh, Old Dominion University, the lot, uh, Clyburn, um, intelligence family. He was well known. Two reporters on the Virginian Pilot who do the very important columns and so forth. Uh, I mean, it's it's just uh, so I'm saying. Who's making the decisions to do this? Their military. What is the reason behind it? Why do they keep the wives out of the loop? Mm -hmm. uh, so when people suggest that the United States of America is becoming a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah, absolutely, without it, really is is not just a broad generalization. No. That this <laughs> chat said she's just speed running outing everyone. Club, as it's grown <laughs> over the years, and then placing and promoting the key people in every strata of life. Right. Banking. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the whole thing, not only the military is run by yeah. degenerates yeah. and top-heavy with yeah. degenerates, yeah. Top people heavy, who are moral. Top-heavy with degenerates. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things yeah. that could make me a uh, fan right of the example, military, I but was, I was if like everyone in it was gay, I would totally be a fan. Some people are more bottom than others. Supposedly the most important <laughs> leaders who were picked out by Jerome Weiner, Jerry Weiner. I was a shill for that. Uh, I had, you know, done a lot of great things at Old Dominion. They wondered why I did it, because I'm, they don't understand Christians. Mm -hmm. And uh, he knew I was a worker, so they hired me to go over to the World Trade Center, the Virginia uh, Port Authority. I had an office in there. And Jerome Weiner, what's interesting is Mary Clark Collab worked... Her husband George was like, Jerry, could you keep my wife busy during the day? <laughs> okay. The girl who had my job, who was a normal woman like me, because there were a few who were not so normal, uh, like Bobby Bray. Not the Bobby Bray who ran the Port Authority, but another Bobby Bray. He was very nice, but he was a known homosexual. Um, who worked with one. Oh, gosh. Outing everyone. The secretary was pushed out of a window. Now, it was all hushed up. Of course, she committed suicide. Yeah, this was a young mother who had a baby who knew too much about his money laundering. I reported the, the money laundering that Book and Weiner... Now, this is a professor, head of international programs at Old Dominion University, Jerry Weiner, whose father was very high up in this Zionist group. Mm -hmm. Jerry Weiner was doing intelligence work in Algeria, in Morocco in particular. Uh, he organized this board that I was a secretary for. He was a very sick, mean guy. I mean, you talk about <clears throat> really <coughs> water. Um, but Jack Mace was on the board, um, and there was a banker on the board. We can take a break. And <laughs> take a break. Yeah, don't, uh, did you stop it yet? No. No, don't stop it. We'll just leave these synchronized. And uh, is your wife getting a, a cup? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, oh. it's, uh, I was thinking I could use a little drink. But She's apologizing for needing a glass of water. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I just am thirsty. Yeah, but Gustavo. She's apologizing for showing her human side. He was from Colombia. He tries to hide that. He was. By Virginia, being a monster. In Virginia National Bank, which is now Nation's Bank. And, you know, I didn't put him, because I had studied 
Latin American history under a wonderful Dr. Blossom. I knew a lot of stuff about Latin America and Nariño and how Panama became a part of uh, our country. And you know, Wait, what? I mean, Panama's not part of our country. And running things through and everything. But Gustavo was in charge of all the, uh, the laundering that was going on in Virginia National Bank in the port. And where did he go after that? He went to Florida. <laughs> and he introduced me to Anna Maria Quintero, whose brother was one of the big mobsters. I mean, the big, you know, Colombian... <laughs> you know, I, I met Anna Maria Quintero. See, I don't forget some things like this. It's, 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 that's why they don't like me. It's hard to forget something you've made up. Because I imprint on f wonderful foreign people. I want to know them. I want to send Christmas cards. And, um, and it's not very good to have, um, have somebody like a little magnet. I'm, I'm sort of like a Monica. You know, seeking, she's seeking out uh, sex with important guys. I'm wanting to uh, meet people like that from different cultures because I want to learn about them because that's what Christ said. You go out and you minister to the people who are foreigners. You don't just spend your time necessarily with uh, the, the, the home people. You need your home people as a base. But you need to go out and, and find out truth and spread goodness everywhere. Truth is goodness. Truth is light. And that's All right. When is she going to start spreading around. goodness? It took her a very long time to get her that glass of water. Truth. You're not. Thank you. You know, all these good things. How far are we into this video? In his honor. An hour five out of, a, out of, an, out of ten hours, fifty. He was. Wonderful. <laughs> we are Why only one-tenth of the Not way through this video. Holy shit. Group, but because he was out trying to... It, he told the big guys, Look, stop being bullies and cowards. Let the poor people into your church. Everybody, God gives us all a unique spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah, our, our, our timing is different. Everybody's fingerprints are different. Eyes are. We have the right. We're gonna go ahead and uh, fucking put a fork in the podcast here. I'm uh, not even sorry <laughs> to anybody listening to the podcast. We'll watch a little more of this during the post game. We'll go ahead and uh, this is the last intellectual Dollar Tree from this location. So we'll go ahead and give this one out as a freebie. <clears throat> Head on over to Patreon.com/slash Echo Plex. You can get it for free, or just email me. And I'll send you the fucking file. Um, for anybody who doesn't want to listen to any more of this, uh, what's going on here? We figured it out in the chat while we were watching this. Her husband was either gay or bisexual, and she constructed this entire reality and conspiracy around it to explain away the fact that it was just a result of them growing up in a homophobic society where her husband couldn't be out. And that's like kind of what we figured out like uh, maybe three hours into the video. <laughs> When we watched the whole fucking Jeez. thing late, late at night. Yeah, that's, uh, that checks out. Well, um, that's been the intellectual Dollar Tree podcast. I'm sure nobody uh, fucking, I'm sure you're like, well, what, what, anybody who's still listening to the podcast on this, I salute you because I could imagine five, <laughs> five or 10 minutes in somebody going, what the shit is this?
<laughs> what the shit is this fuck? Yeah. <laughs> fuck shit, fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, just for fun, I'll read the show out this week. Everybody, thanks for uh, checking out the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We usually well, we do usually do this show on Wednesday, Wednesdays, seven p.m. Pacific, and that'll be the case again. We'll be back next week, and um, I don't know. Head on over to EchoplexMedia.com/support and uh, send me some money because the move seems like everything's going fine, but something always comes up, right? Something always, always, always comes up. This is Boomers by Periscope, and we'll be right back with uh, more of this after I pour a strong drink.
into a hotel and whack off somebody. Did you know Echoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24-7 music stream at echoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial free, well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on echoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Echoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at echoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz.